What's up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I create a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're trying to get started and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. Today, it's Wednesday here in Austin, Texas, and I'm super excited for today's guests. They are two of the funniest people that I know here in Austin, and uh, yeah, let's kick this right off. So I'm going to introduce... Ross man, Ross man model. How many Instagrams do you have these days? <laughs> uh, too many. Too yeah, many? Too yeah. Many. I, me and him relate to that on a lot. And then we also have his best buddy, Marcel. What's going on, guys? S- super excited to have them. Um, their story is pretty interesting. And I'm really excited to just dive a little bit into how they got here, what they're doing today, and what they were doing before this. Because they relate to me a lot where I was on this path of going into the corporate world. I thought I was going to be an engineer, become a manager, and just do a completely separate life from what I'm actually living right now. And they hit home with that. Um, So let's dig a little bit into that first. And how did you guys even end up in Austin? If I can remember, Marcel, we somehow met at a New Year's Eve party, and I didn't even know who you are or... So what yeah, you were doing there. a year ago, it was like a year and a few weeks ago, actually, I, I came to visit Austin, Texas, because I was looking for like a new city to live in. And I had a buddy whose name was Will, Will Huntington, you might know him. I came out here to visit him. And we went to this event called the Sprint Squad. And there at the Sprint Squad, I met Shay Boland, who then invited me to Izzy's party uh, that night. So later that night, I ended up meeting you guys um, unknowingly. And then I went back to Mandeville where I'm from and then told Ross like, dude, we have to move to Austin. All these people are just like us. They're super uh, supportive, collaborative, and this is where we have to be. So did so, you drive out here with Will? Like, I what, drove what out here by myself. Here? What brought uh, a job? A job. He got a job, uh, I think was selling granite. Yeah. Selling granite, yeah. granite, uh, countertops and stuff. Okay. So, um, yeah, I just like wanted to come out to, to Austin. I heard it was like a really good place to live, and a lot of young people were living here. I had just recently uh, graduated, so Gra- where'd you graduate? Uh, Southeastern Louisiana University. Okay, and what were you going to school for? I went to school for health education. Hell yeah! Yeah. So, so what were you? What were you thinking you were going to become? <laughs> I wanted to be a health coach. So pretty much what I'm doing now, but. My idea, I had no money at the time, so I knew that I had to like get a job, which was the uh, conventional way of doing things once you graduate. So I got to Austin, uh, well, I just, just skipped a bunch of stuff, but uh, anyways, like I got to Austin after a month of visiting, and then I got a job selling windows, and uh, I hated it. I was like, fuck this, I don't want to do this. Uh, Ross had recently quit his job, and he was pursuing like online personal training, and he was doing, he was doing pretty well. So I was like, you know what? After two weeks of selling windows, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I just quit. I even had it on film, on camera. I videotaped it. So <laughs> You videotaped I videotaped quitting? myself quitting. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> I videotaped myself boss. quitting. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to show this to everyone in the future one day. And anyways, I ended up quitting, and we just started pursuing the online personal training uh, stuff together. But uh, after I left uh, Izzy's New Year's party, I told Ross, let's go find a place in, uh, in Austin. So a month later, we ended up moving here. So how did you how do you know each other? When did you meet myself? We met in high school, actually. We really didn't hang out much in high school. And then like after college, we just kind of like reconvened back in our hometown. We saw each other in the gym. We were just like, oh, what's up, dude? And we just started hanging out. I kind of went over to his house and his parents, like his mom and his dad and his brother, just kind of like became my family. Yeah, know? we both got out of uh, serious relationships. We didn't really have time, like, good, good friends. We were both like lonely at the time, I guess you could say. And the gym was our therapy, our friend. 
And then that's how. So what met. was your town like? So it was just just a small town. There's like twelve thousand people there. You know, there's um, like three main high schools: Fountain Blue, Mandeville, and then they have like a North Lake Christian School. So everybody really knows everybody. You know, so it's like if you wanted to break off and do something different, like if I wanted to quit my job and become a personal trainer, I just felt like there was a lot of eyes on me, like judging me for like, uh, that's not that's not who Ross is. Like he's this guy, you know, don't you feel yeah, that? Yeah, you're always running into teachers and, you know, mentors that saw you from, from the high school days and they're always expecting you to be the certain person that, that you were, that you ought to be. Right, and so long story time. short, like after, I don't know, six months to a year of like working out together, hanging out, his mom bought a house and she was like, hey, you guys could you know, live in this place and just pay me the rent. So we moved in with another friend and that's when we started getting really close because we were living in the same house. you know. And this is in Louisiana? In Louisiana. So we lived there for about a year. And then like he said, he came to Austin, met Izzy, went to this party, everything happened. And I went to Austin like actually a month before with Will. I helped him drive out here to move here. So I saw it as well and I was like, I'm ready to go. We've been talking about it the whole year. Like we want to get out. We want to do something different. We want a different path, but we just didn't know what it was. The, the cool thing about your guys' story is, so we're mentioning Izzy a lot here. So Izzy threw at his apartment uh, this New Year's Eve party. So we had like, four, I would say 40 people and everybody got in this photo. Yep. So imagine uh, Marcel being in this photo with me and I didn't even meet, I didn't even meet you that night. So no, I had you're no the guy idea. that meets everyone. Yeah. And I, I know meet, that. Yeah. I meet everybody and somehow you slipped slip through the through, cracks. Yep. I don't know how you were there. Mystery so when man. I, yeah, when I heard this story, well, if Ross was there, we yeah, we would have like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that, yeah. I did talk to Thomas for like the longest time. And then I was outside in the balcony talking to a few girls, Vanessa and, and Bree. And then we ended up leaving. We yeah. went back to the domain and spent the rest of the New Year's. So, so. We're, we like always gather people. And Ross and Marcel fit right in because they literally do the same thing just on a different level. They were living in Louisiana, which the cool thing is it relates a lot to me because I feel like our city is a bunch of those types of people. And where I felt the same thing when I was quitting engineering and becoming a personal trainer and doing things uh, a little bit differently than most people, I felt that I couldn't do it until I moved away. And then once I moved away, I started going really, really fast. So one of the questions I have is, once you made that decision and you get here, it's like, oh shit, what do I do now, right? That's what stops a lot of people. but. How are you able to, okay, you're talking about this for, I don't know how many months of, we're going to go to Austin. For, for years, I knew I was going to leave my hometown. Okay, yeah, so, so I years. knew for years, I don't care how scared I was, I had a goal of, as soon as I graduated, I was leaving. I don't, like, yeah. I don't care where I was going to go. So what was that breaking point? And then once you hit that breaking point, how did you decide to just make decisions quicker? So what caused that? Because this is where I think there's a ton of people out there we all can relate this as human beings. It's like we try to plan too much and it's just yeah. like right for that right moment. I feel like, like we the were best feeding off jump. of each other kind of, you know? Yeah, that as well. Because like, and I'm not really one to plan that well. So I just knew that I found a place and I'm going to go. And then there, I'll find, I'll find the new plan. I'll but plan I kind of am one to plan. And he is so kind like, of one to I plan. I was so. one that was planning a bunch of things. Like I had already left home after college. I went to Houston, lived there for like a year, was in insurance, didn't like the job, didn't like what I was doing. Mom got sick with cancer, so I moved back home, and that's when Marcel and I started hanging out. So I had already left the hometown, and then I was back. And I was like, man, this is miserable. I have to get out. Why'd, so, so why'd you go to Houston? Where, where'd you go to that's school? That's just where what I got you, an opportunity. Um, what were you pursuing? So I went to LSU, Louisiana State University. 
Um, I have a degree in economics, international trade and finance. And then I was pursuing insurance. I was as an underwriter out in Houston. So I was an oil and gas. Where'd you live in Houston? Um, Cypress, Texas, actually. Oh. So Northwest. It was just, you know, I was 22 <laughs> years old, just got out of a six year worst. relationship, you know, it was totally by myself. I was making all this money just to pay rent and pay gas and bills and live. And I was like, well, I don't really like how my life is from, you know, when I wake up to when I go to bed. So why am I making this money just to have this life that I don't like? And I kept saying that over and over and over again. And then when my mom got sick with cancer, I was like, I'm going home. Like, I don't like this. So I made the transition, went back to Louisiana. And while I was like looking for jobs and working different things like, you know, digital marketing and selling floors for Empire Today and all this stuff, I got, I found this gig on Facebook. It was, um, reality TV series on the History Channel where I got to train with Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, Green Beret. And I actually got the part. And I was like, you know, I'm this guy who's working these corporate jobs, but I am getting to train with Navy SEALs. One of 30 civilians in the entire United States that gets to do this. Why am I in a corporate job? And I just kept asking myself, like, I can be somebody different. I am somebody different. So long story short, that's like what kind of molded me. And then once we started getting together, I knew I needed a different place. And then Austin just kind of happened. And yeah, once we got here, we really didn't know what to do. I was working a job actually with Will, the guy that Marcel commented on that we, you know, kind of moved here with. And three days into it, I knew like, I'm just going down the same path, you know, Uh, right before I came to Austin, I was working an engineering job for two years, designing air systems for the paper industry which is really cool, learned a lot, but again, I just knew it was a corporate job, working for somebody else, it's not what I wanna do. So when I came here, same situation, I had to quit the job and I had to go into something else and Marcel commented on, we started doing online training because that was like the barrier to entry on entrepreneurship. I was in great shape, people asked me questions on nutrition and fitness all the time, so I knew like I can make money from this. So that's what we started doing. We built a little program online and we started selling through Instagram. So you're following like the number one tip I would give any of my clients or friends is follow the path of least resistance. Right. A lot of people don't do that. And that's where to just to get started um, in entrepreneurship. So for you, you work in these different side jobs and you have people coming up to you, offering you or asking for advice. And a lot of people like they label themselves as like, oh, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm an engineer or I'm a designer or I'm this, but people are coming them for advice and something else and they don't want to lean into that. So something that you did and I think a lot of our friends are doing is we always lean into that side of things. But then what that what did that lead to ultimately for you guys? And that's where we can shift this a little bit into you came here, you left the job and then obviously the first six months, like what I saw you do is just like running around, meeting as many people as possible and getting out there. What taught you how to do that? What, well, what so you did. what that really did is it really changed like our mentality. It, it brought us from like a fixed mindset to the growth mindset. Like we, I, I, we never thought that I never thought that we'd be you know taking doing photo shoots, getting paid uh, years ago. You know that was always like a goal of mine. I always wanted to be you know the guy on Instagram doing the photo shoots and working for this company, getting free supplements, and now we're doing all these things. And a year ago, I would have never thought that. So just yeah. realizing this has made my mindset just know that anything can be achieved. Yeah, I knew that your network is your net worth. And we met with you at Central Market the first time we met. And you just said, 
the first thing that I did when I came to Austin was I went and I networked with everybody. You got to know everybody. You showed up at everything and you were like, Ross, like if you're the guy who shows up to any type of event with a camera, like you're in great shape. People are going to be like, who is this guy? Like, what is he doing? So that's what I did everywhere. And I just kept shaking hands with tons of different people. And now I feel like I can call on anyone for anything, you know, like any type of business owner, any type of digital marketing person, um, you know, Joe and Mike, there's so many people that we know now that we can create something amazing. And it's all because we just jumped into it and started. We didn't know how we were going to pay bills most months. You know, we've gotten to the point with $2 in our account. Yeah, we didn't know what the in my fuck was going to happen. March. So like we did anything to meet like both ends. Like I went to do research studies. We would uh, go on Craigslist, look for gigs. Uh, I did like serving events at so, the Formula One. Right here. Driving so Lyft. This is kind of like what I wanted to allude to is you don't have an ego. Like if you have to drive Lyft, if you have to be a dishwasher, if you have to be a bartender, if I have to go be the cameraman and I'm not a cameraman, but I just want to help out, like that's what drive success. So when I was giving you that advice, it was because like when I first got here, I completely dropped, like I was a scholar athlete, engineer, whatever, right? What normal society would qualify as like, okay, this guy's going places, right? Well, I dropped that. I was like, you know what? Moving to a new city, going to completely just recreate myself. And I don't care if I have to be the dishwasher to prove myself to everybody. Like, and that's what a CEO is. One day you're cleaning up the trash. Like today, literally, we have this space now. So I become the janitorial staff mm -hmm. in some capacity and making sure this place is clean for everyone that comes in. Right. But if you have an ego and you won't do that, you're never going to reach that pinnacle of success. And that's where immediately like, I invest my time in others that I see that have those qualities. So when I saw you guys willing to sit down with other people and have meetings and hustle, that triggers my radar of like, okay, I need to meet these two guys and see what's up. I just remember when we sit down and we have a 30 minute meeting on the schedule and it turns into three hours, you start learning to trust your gut of like, okay, this is, this is going to be something. And we're not just, we're not just talking here. We're going to execute. And that's something I think you guys do better than 99% of the people out there is if I were to be like, you need to go do this, like you can do it. Mm -hmm. But now you're semi learning that like, it's not always about execution. Right. <laughs> It's about working a little bit smarter. Yeah. So for the audience, can you give a little rundown? So you talked a little bit about, about the struggles of things. And this is where that's really what's most important to everybody is hearing like some of the toughest times, not like, oh yeah, we're running around, we're getting paid to do modeling shoes, we're doing this. Like, that's great. But the fucking struggle to get to that point, that's what most people don't resonate see. with too. They, yeah, yeah, and they resonate with the struggle because, like, for me, not knowing where money is coming from, I don't have health insurance. I'm, I, I have a disease, so like, I'm trying to manage the food that I'm eating so it doesn't get into a flare. Like, I've been through it, and then somehow, some way, you get a supplement sponsorship, and then clothes sponsorship, and you do this and really cool event, and then you start realizing, like, because I just survived, now I'm thriving. What were in both your I want you to have two separate answers. What was the biggest struggle of this past year? The biggest struggle I'd say was like finances. Like yeah, it was just sure. paying rent at the end of the at the beginning of the next month, just making sure that we had food on the table, um, making sure when we woke up that when we saw two dollars in our account, we were still you know happy that we weren't just sitting there and 
responding to it in a negative just way. Just not feeling sorry you know, for just, ourselves. Yeah, not, not feeling sorry for ourselves. Um, you just got to have to... What would you have done differently? What would I have done differently? From the Probably. beginning, I would have got maybe like a, a short-term job, like a temporary job, just so I'd, I would have had more extra cushion. finances. Yeah, yeah, just for more runway. That would have helped me. Um, and reading more. Yeah, yeah reading's a huge one, but I think we're all learning that on later on in our lives. It's the education system. doesn't doesn't teach us why we should read. They say, read this book because... Like, it <laughs> doesn't yeah. make sense. But in, in Ross, in your eyes. I mean, you- it's the same thing as finances, but also I, I, I know that you struggled with this, with this a little bit too, was in the beginning, just identity crisis of yeah, who definitely. am I trying to be? Am I trying to be a personal trainer, an online trainer, you know, a businessman? Like, what am I going for? And where do I put my energy towards? That was a big thing of, okay, I don't have a job, so I have to be productive. And going to the gym is one of those things, but- I can't spend three hours in the gym every day. So the other, you know, 21 hours in a day, eight of them is for sleeping. So where else do I spend my time? On my computer, then what? You know, I was a lot of like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? But the more that I met with you, just kind of talked to Marcel about the struggles that we're we're working with, we just kind of put the pieces together. And we always realized like, we just can't give up. That's why we would drive Lyft or do whatever we need to yeah, do. Yeah, I remember talking. I'm like, dude, I'm about to get a job. Like tomorrow, I'm going to turn into like, an interview. I had interviews do set it. up, and he was like, dude, just don't, don't do, do it. it. Just like, don't do it. Wait a few more days. We're gonna get that check. Like, and, and then we so, and, and eventually, like everything wait, would so, plan out. So some of our friends reach out to us. We were just talking about this before we hopped on the podcast. How people reach out to us and be like, how do I make the decision to yeah. jump? How did this? Because they don't see what's going to happen, right? So for me, like. Last year, I made a post about 17 different ways that I made money mm-hmm. in that year just to survive, right? And that's where like the saying is like survive now and just break even yeah, just get by. so that you can break the bank later. Mm-hmm. And that's where most people go after. They're like, I want to break the bank today. What is going to make me money? And if you're thinking about money, you're just going to take that shortcut. If when Way time gets tough, time, then you'll get caught on that cycle. When time gets tough, you're going to give up. How you mentioned you're not giving up, that's because you love what you do. Right. Right. So, yeah. like, you're willing to just break even every single month. I'm not trying to save. We're, we're in our mid 20s. Yeah. Why the fuck would I save money? Right. We should be spending money on the people, learning new things, investing in, our, in real estate, whatever it may be. Don't let your money sit in your bank account. Actually, do something about it to help improve your life. Right. So, for me, I made money in a bunch of different ways, but for the audience, learning a little bit how you can go to a new city and not really know what to do, but you have certain skills. So you guys can cold call, you can do these certain things. What are some of the ways that you made money last year? Man, the first thing that we did. Yeah, did the first do? thing that we did was we literally sat down on our couch and we we're like, all right, for the next two hours, we're just gonna we're gonna send video DMs to as many people as we can and try and sell personal training plans. <laughs> and for he would go in his room, I'd go in mine. I could hear him talking. Yeah. I'd be talking. We'd sit in there for an hour. Hours. We'd send video DMs, uh, you know, by ourselves in solitary in solitary confinement, and then we would jump back out in the room, and be like, oh, we had I have three calls. I'd have uh, four meetings set. <laughs> I specifically you know, I made- remember we were going to get an oil change, and there was a little picnic bench in the front he went on one bench <laughs> we both got an oil change, i went on yeah. the other one we both were getting an oil change and at the end he had like three meetings set i had one guy i sent a th- like a two minute little video message to don't even know who he was he ended up paying me 1600 bucks 30 minutes later 
$1,600. Didn't even know who he was. And yeah. So we're just saying. Oh, and next real. month he was in, he ended up coming to our community coming workouts. Coming to our event from San Antonio. Yeah. He drove all the way here and like die hard, loves us, great guy, you know? So that's uh, one of the first ways we just started hitting people up, doing cold calls on Instagram. Then we kind of fell into. Yeah, then we started hit a, a plateau months later. Yeah. And we were like, okay, well, we need to find other ways to make money. We started working so, with Wild Because uh, that's, that's trade, that's commodity. You're trading kind of time for money. Like yeah. you have to put this work in to then get this out. And we had to build the whole training program, which was very, you know, video intensive in the gym and a lot of editing and a lot of stuff online. A lot of computer together, work. A yeah, lot of that. A lot of time consumption. Um, but then we started working with a supplement company, Wild Foods. So we started going to events with them. Now we're ambassadors. So it took, you know, almost eight No, uh, during the online training. Uh, so Wild Foods CEO, he created a mentorship program called yeah, Tribe that's where I was going. Yeah. And he offered us equity in the business. And then we started like kind of shying away from the online personal training. Uh, for we, like were basically, two or three we were basically recruits for the mentorship program. We'd bring in people and sell them on the, the mentorship. So uh, after a few months, the CEO decided he didn't want to, you know... Uh, it fizzled out. Yeah, it fizzled out. He didn't want to do any of the sales calls anymore. As startups so, do. Yeah. yeah. Ideas so come and go. We didn't get paid that month. We had pretty much no money. We were in California spending a crap load of money. This was, in, <laughs> this was, in, this was in July, about six months yeah. after we moved to Austin. So you're basically in heaven, in San Diego. We, 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 we were living yourself. the life. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and we're we were. Like, I don't want to wake up tomorrow. We were pretty much looked at each other like, fuck it, dude. We're just putting it on the credit let's card go and surf. we'll worry about it. That's when we get let's back go home. surf, bro. Fuck so. it. <laughs> That's exactly what That's we did. That's a great yeah. place to do it. Let's yeah. eat lobster we in, rolls on the beach, bro. We were fuck in it. surfing. Yep, hanging out. And then we came back, and then that's when like reality hit us. We we're like, okay, those fuck. were some hard months right there. August, September, October. That was rough. The hardest of my life. Yeah. That was when the identity crisis really hit us. We had no money. We didn't know what to do. That's when we started. I started marketing for in-person training, and about like November, December, and then January, I've picked up you know six to ten people in that time that have been consistent and it's changed my life. That has made my finances go up. Wild Foods now pays us a hefty amount each per month just to endorse the brand, be ambassadors. So things just kind of turned around really quickly. And then, I mean, obviously- Why? Why do you think that is? Because we just kept well, from working every The month that we day. got here, we, we met Wild Foods and we literally did a bunch of free stuff. We marketed for them for free. We showed up to events. We went to Paleo FX, Everything KetoCon. Uh, we did a lot of content creation for them. So after well, we a few, after so, so this this is where I was looking more for from the outside point of view. Like literally you'd only been here for six months at that time. Yeah. So like if you really look into the amount of time it takes for leads to convert, it's not as quick most of the times as shooting a DM and getting $1,600 right. for the most time. And then those type of customers typically don't spend the rest of their lives with you, right? right. So it's constant churn. But the fact that after six months of running around meeting new people, gaining trust, being vulnerable, being able to say like one of the things that I, I love about you guys is like you started realizing you were being really salesy yeah. When you first got here. Mm -hmm. For sure. But then you transitioned more into marketing yourselves as a 
a long-term brand. Mm-hmm. So anybody can be salesy. Anybody can pick up the phone, start calling, doing these things. Not everybody can create a brand that's trustworthy where people are like, I know what I'm getting when Ross and Marcel come through the doors. So that's kind of, from my perspective, what you guys were fighting through is in the beginning, you have all these people that you're meeting and at first they're like, well, what are they, who are these guys? What do they yeah, do? Yeah, we were trying What's to pass thing? that judge them right? pretty much. You're, yeah, and then so that's where that lull happens is after you get those initial hits, you have people that are either for you or they're against you. Yep. But then the other thing is after the lull is people start seeing your true brand. And you're like, you know what? They earned my trust after six months. You know a what? A year lot of that of happened. that hard ass work. A lot of that happened. We heard just through the grapevine people, you know, saying negative things, and then over time, those people are supporters. They like who we are now, but they they got to know like actually who, who you really are as people yeah because at first especially with instagram with us running around just tagging and reposting it you know on from the outside looking in who knows people definitely had negative whatever but now that we've earned our keep we're here and we have good motive and everything that we're doing people understand that and we have support which is crazy I, we we haven't touched on this when i was in my corporate job in engineering marcel was in college still he was doing an internship training seniors, senior wellness. And he always came home and he's like, man, I love doing this stuff. It makes me so excited. I'm really making a difference. And when we were here in Austin about, you know, a couple months ago, we decided like, okay, we're training people, we're in fitness, but we want to make money. Like, how do we do that? Corporate wellness would be a great idea. You know, these corporate accounts could pay us money. Then he was like, you know what? I'm going to start looking up some senior places. Because we were calling a bunch of corporate uh, corporations. But we couldn't get and, in front of the right people. Yeah, we couldn't get in front of the right people. So I was like, you know what? Let's write a list of senior wellness, like senior communities and let's call them. Every single one would answer. Every, yeah, you know. we wrote down like 500 of them. Yeah. And then he got, on, he got a meeting. He said, Ross, we're going here on Tuesday. I said, all right, let's go. So we go, we walk in. And right when we walk in, there's like three older ladies. They grab our, us by the arm and they're like, who are you guys? <laughs> they're like, what are y'all doing here? Like, what's going on? So and like, the yeah, activity we're director, do some exercises. Yeah, the activity director, Miss Rhonda, she was like, look, I don't know what you guys cost. I don't really care. You guys have to be here. And so we, you know, kept going back and now we're there permanently for now. And um, that has changed so the game. The difference right there is it's always not what value can I extract. It's typical when you, when you leave the corporate world and you have a job and you're like task oriented rather than value oriented because you're not growing a company, you're told to do your job and you get paid a salary for doing that job. But when you're growing a company, it's more about your company grows the amount of value that you give to people, not the value you extract from people. Mm. So when you're leaving this corporate job and you're trying to sell, you're thinking, what do I got to do to just survive and put money in my bank money. account? Right, yeah. Right? Rather than flipping the script and being, what skills and value do I have that I can bring to this world, which is for you guys, it's health and wellness. Mm-hmm. But then also you have to meet a need. So there's so many fucking personal trainers, nutrition coaches. That's why I stayed so in it for a little bit just to understand business and to network. Because mm-hmm. like from the top CEOs of the world to the average everyday human being, like we all need to work out and stay healthy. Right. So like your connections as a personal trainer can be massive, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be labeled as that because you want to be labeled as an entrepreneur or a business owner right. and then have something, make your money work for you. And once you start learning about how to make money work for you, you start dialing into, which what you guys found is I need to find a need. Where's nobody looking? No one mid twenties is like, I'm going to go train the elderly no population, one. not a single. And it's funny because I was there every day for <laughs> six months doing the same thing, training the elderly. 
And I, it just never sparked into my mind until a few months ago. And, uh, and I mean, that's so relatable to, to a lot of people because for me, I would train college kids when I was in college. Like I was an engineer. So I would train engineers in return for they would help me study because there was no way I was going to pass engineering while playing sports, while being a fraternity. Like you have to hack the system. And the hack was these kids loved engineering as much as I loved sports. So let's trade. I will help you work out and stay fit. And then you can help me in the classroom. And when you get older in life, you start realizing, like you said, your network is your net worth, but not even about that. Once you get even more levels up, it's not a spread network. It's how deep and narrow can I go with my network? So you guys know a bunch of people, but who are like the top five people that you guys know? And then knowing the top five people of your top five people and then providing value to those people, we all can just help each other make money. And that's where the outside world doesn't see is like with wild foods, right? It's like, yo, we have this idea. just said it. We have this idea. Let's, we'll pay you a grand or two grand to, to do this idea, create this affiliate or do this. Versus two years ago, we're all thinking like, how the hell is that anybody doing this? How is, how is this posse of people surviving? Friendships. It's friendships. Yep. It's trust. It's vulnerability. Bonding. It's being like, we're not perfect. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. I realized like when I was in corporate, there was never a cold call or a resume sent that got me ahead. It was always from somebody that I knew who liked me and trusted me and then vetted me to the next person, you know? So with business, like I, so many times I remember we were at Native Hostel with all the guys one night, that late night after you talked to Joe and Mike and we were talking about business and all these different things. And I went home, Marcel had to leave early. I went home and I was just fired up about who I was with and what we were talking about and how like I'm doing business with my best friends. Like that is how life is supposed to feel. Not going into work, clocking in with people that you don't even like and you're just like going through the motions. Life is so much different now. It feels so much different. I wake up just happy, you know, to be in the situation that I'm in. And I wanted to make an impact. I didn't know how that was going to be, but now I've realized young people like us, we work out to get better, but older people, they work out, they need to work out not to get any worse. And for us to be able to facilitate that for them and then give them like the human connection that they're looking for, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. And it touches on, we all have grandparents. Yeah, and exactly. And when I saw it, again, once I saw you guys doing that, it levels you up in the eyes of whoever's watching you. Because you then realize that these people are after the impact. They're not saying they're after the impact. Right. They're actually fucking doing. Like, and that's another thing with the Instagram world is when you guys first got here, we mimic other people. We try to find trends, what's working. Because we don't know who the hell we are. What do we want to do? Because we think we have to be someone else to get ahead. Because when your network is your net worth and you're around people that fire you up, you're also thinking in your head, damn, these people are badass. I can't. It's imposter syndrome. I can't keep up with that person. But it's like, you're not even in the same lane. We're not even, we're not competitors. And that's the struggle, I think, when I get a lot of DMs, people don't understand is there is no competition. You're not comparing yourself to anybody else. What I love about you guys is when you guys started going to these facilities and you found out other people were, other companies were starting to do it. You didn't go, Oh, fuck that company or all this. You're like, how can we 
find the companies that they're going to and then strategy and then beat them. <laughs> That's right? exactly it's what fair we're competition. Doing. Yeah. Instead of most people have an ego. And instead of focusing on, you know what, we're gonna beat them to these facilities, fuck that company, we're gonna do whatever it takes to to put them down. You know what? We can both win, but we're gonna out hustle you. Yeah. So to wrap that point up, what have you guys done since you've gotten into these places? So we know the reasoning why you got in there and why you wanted to get in there and the fact that you're providing this value. What you're learning really quickly right now though is that's a facade that only lasts so long and yeah. feels good for so long because you start realizing, oh, I'm this person who wants a lot out of life. So I can't, I can't be here all the time every day because then I'm not going to make a living really. Exactly. So what's the next step for you guys? Because you've already kind of mastered how to survive and make that money, but how do you build your true wealth so that you can do what you guys want to do and then also make that impact on the side. What, have your, what are your thoughts or points yeah, on that? Yeah, it's a million dollar question. So right now we, we're about to get into two communities. So we know that our time's gonna be used, you know, training the seniors. So I know once we get into about five or six communities, we're gonna have to start building a team of coaches. And yeah, right now that's just, that's just where we're kind of lost of like, who, who, do, we, who do we hire? Like we how can duplicate. we find people whose values are aligned with ours? Who, they have, have the same core values and core focus. They have to just, same exact energy ideology they have to care all of it matters so that's definitely the obstacle right now is how do we duplicate a marcel and a ross and then how do we get 20 of those 30 of those people to go out and service these accounts because we know i can walk into 50 businesses this week and i'm going to close like 10 of them or 20 of them or more i just yeah I know it's that. as mad as it's as easy. mad as, as you want to hustle yeah. yeah so but the problem is, is I have, you know, some personal training clients. Marcel has some personal training you clients. Have lives. <laughs> so we have other things that we do. And how do we break away from this and build a system where kinesiology students coming out of college can go over here and train, you know, a dollar a minute. We'll pay them a dollar a minute to go over there. 30 bucks for 30 minutes. How can we systemize that out and then find the right people? If we can do that, I think we're golden. sitting on something yeah. good. So that's what this year is about. It's just really making sacrifices to build this to where we can step away in 2021, 2022, and then we can take the money that we're earning and build the next thing. Because we always want to you know, keep reiterating and keep building because we know this is just step one, day one. Every day is day one. Well, yeah, that's the saying. Yes, like, sir. Yes, sir. It, when, when you have our type of mindset, that growth mindset that you're uh, mentioning, I just finished a book called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And it talks okay. about how most people and businesses have a finite mindset and they're always reacting to things. Oh, we didn't make enough money this this month. What do we got to do to make money again? Rather than being like, what impact am I going to make? And what brings me joy and happiness every day and having this infinite pursuit of self-improvement and that's where I get on Hamza for this because he's sitting here in the room right now. He's asking me yesterday, and for those that don't know, Hamza is one of my business partners. He was my intern last year. He's a savage and he's only 19 and goes to UT. Savage. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a beast, love him. Um, but one of the things he was asking yesterday is how do I provide more value? And my response to him was be more valuable to yourself, meaning eat better, sleep better, Work out. You got to start with yourself. Look in the mirror, start with yourself. That shit spreads. Mm -hmm. It will spread. So for you guys, the reason I'm saying this is 
when you are trying to go find these people, don't look for crazy characteristics of extreme qualities. And that's what a lot of business owners do is like they try to find these savages, right? Quote unquote, these, these people that like, people but paper. Hamza, yeah. you never would have noticed him anywhere. Like we, I, I was on a panel, that's how I met him, but he came up to me afterwards and then he set a meeting and then he showed these little characteristics of shakes your hand, looks you in the eye. It's always in the finer details. Yeah. So when you're finding these people, set up scenarios where it's just like, hey, we're gonna go do X, Y, Z and we're gonna see how these people respond, right? And if someone holds the door open for you, yeah. just like little things like that, are gonna be more important to building your business than some flashy trainer. And that's where I learned this the hard way, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs learn it the hard way, is you're just looking for that flash that has that lightning rod, that flamethrower, that's just a beast. But they also bring their own cons of either they're too expensive or they don't wanna do the little hard things, right? So I wanna dig a little bit into, okay, Marcel, you, you loved training the elderly, but why is, why do you guys have that feeling? What, what started that? And what made you guys like that? Where, where in your life do you so think? Like I, like I said earlier, like I was that? doing it. Uh, I was doing this last year for six months uh, as an internship and it was super fulfilling to me. And like recently I've kind of realized like, what is the meaning of life? Like, is it money? Is it power? Is it these things? And, and to me, the, the, for me, the meaning of life is fulfillment and going in there, impacting these lives, knowing that they're waking up and at 9am to come to our class. It just makes me happy and I can go to bed every night just knowing that I made a difference. You really, we really are making a difference. Like every, every time our class is for 930, we show up at nine. We walk out and we look at it, dude, we're like, dude, that, that feels, was awesome. That felt so good. Like every time. Every, every time. single time. We just like hug each other. We're like, dude, that's awesome. And these people tell us, you guys are making such a difference in our lives. Like, thank you so much for coming. I look so forward to this. Like, I'll see you on Thursday. I can't wait. And just hearing that from, you know, 10 different people in one class, it's like, wow, I just did so much more than the average in like 30 minutes, you know? And it just, I can't even explain the feeling. It feels amazing. I don't really know how we found that there's it. like, millions of communities out there there is and a need knowing that we have the potential to impact them and we're just kind of confused on how and there's why there's like 300 facilities in austin and they're growing well imagine florida that's what i'm saying there's a lot in florida exactly. and, and california yeah everywhere which we do plan to expand to eventually yeah it's there it's super inspiring and you guys uh definitely motivate me to give back a little bit more and basically plan what i want from my life seeing what you guys are doing is remembering that there's people out there that we can have an uh, impact on that we don't even necessarily see. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's little things that we can do. So we're going to end on, I'd love to know. So you're, you're going to build out this company. I know it's going to be successful because we have a huge network here that you guys can rely on, but what are some of your personal long-term goals and where do you see yourself in the next five, 10, 20 years? What do you guys want to be so doing? I was thinking about this Are you question, guys getting married or? No, I was <laughs> We thought about it for taxes. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> but anyway, so I was thinking about this question last night. Like, where do I see myself in five years? And to be honest, I see myself in doing the same things, hanging out with the same people, uh, having the same fun, just with a lot more money and, you know, traveling a little bit more. But really, you I just, said, I enjoy my life so much. I'm so happy right now. And... I really wouldn't want it any other way. 
Yeah, he said it. I mean, I would just want to travel a little bit more. But the things that I'm doing, I wake up with gratitude every day. I feel amazing. I'm super healthy. The people that I'm around are insanely awesome. We're making a difference. Five years out, I'll, I want to still be doing this for sure. But I want to be traveling more. I want to, you know, from 26. What skills your impact? Right. Yeah. So from 26 to 31, I feel like those are going to be some of the best years of my life. So I just want to get out there and make a ton of memories and experiences and be able to you said it. I want to make the system that pays me the money that can make that will allow me to go and impact other people out of my norm, like my normal day. I can go and travel to other cities and make a bigger impact than just being here. So that's the whole goal is like having total autonomy. So if you each had to pick somewhere to travel to tomorrow, where would it be? Ross? San Diego. Greece. Greece? Yeah. So I think we're going to move to San Diego. So we already been talking about travel. this travel. I, I just, yeah, I just so like traveling. I just want to go to Greece. I, I see the white, the white stone. I just want to be there. I feel on Ross because what I've learned is I've traveled a bit. And the cool thing is when I moved to Austin, I started realizing like I don't have this urge to travel that much anymore. Because mm. one, it's such a hassle. Like especially if you're into health and wellness, it's eating the right things. And is, like yeah. when you focus on that, like being in the airport 10 hours, like, eh, I don't get to work out. And then I don't have the right food. And but when traveling like, is your passion, it's stressful. I'll do whatever. I don't care. But I just, so to, I love traveling. To, yeah. to, to that point is so do I. Um, but it's also when you push yourself a little bit too much, getting on the plane back to Austin is always a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. versus when I used to, like when I lived in New Jersey, I didn't want to get on the plane back home. That's when you know the reason I'm making this point is anybody that's listening, if you're in a place where you live and if I were to take you and put you on vacation, like I went on my honeymoon to Hawaii and you don't want to come home, you're not in the right city. Exactly. Like, because I went on vacation in Hawaii for 10 days, my honeymoon, it was the best, best time of my entire life and probably will be up there for the rest of my life, right? But I wanted to come home after that 10 days because I was like, I'm coming home to Austin, to my friends, my true family, my business, everything that I'm trying to do, everything that I am is here. It's not in Hawaii. So Hawaii is a little bit of an escape. It helps me be in Austin better and be more efficient in Austin because I know what's out there and what do I want to achieve. The reason I'm ending on this point is because I'm super big on people moving and doing different things. And everybody that's on this podcast this month, the next four episodes, isn't from Austin, Texas. They're all people that have thought they were going somewhere in their life with a different job in a different city with a different family, but somehow ended up here and now are flourishing in everything that they're doing. And my big belief is that it's the people, literally. They say we're the average of the five people that we hang out with the most. And I have, I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest proponent of that because the, of the woman that I'm married to. So me pre that versus post is a completely different human being. Right. What we're doing is we're really bringing tribes back. That's what I feel like. Like we're creating a tribe in Austin, Texas, and I don't want to ramble, but this is my calling to people of, I don't give a shit whether you move to Austin, Texas or not, but if you're living in a spot and you don't like your job and you don't like who you're hanging around, Call Ross, call Marcel, call me, call any of our friends that you see on Instagram. We'll literally fucking help you move in. Marcel helped me move into my new office and my new house and wouldn't even let me pay him. 
that's the type of friends that we have. In between so, CJ and Aaron's fights. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to buy a house, an office, I will tell you, like, those little fights and arguments only make you stronger. You do, um, you, you do that with the people you love the most. And I feel like we're creating a solid family here in that's Austin. That's a fact. And I just appreciate you guys coming out and, and spending your time with me because I know that the time is very valuable to you right now. So appreciate you. And where can people find you at? Rossman on Instagram. And they can find me at Marcel R underscore on Instagram. And I also have a YouTube. You can find me, Marcel Rosenberg. Dope. Yeah. I any any final too. remarks? Any um, quotes you want to say? Or I will say that it's not the critic that counts. So... You have to be the person that's in the arena doing it. It's not the person on the outside judging you. You just got to be the one with your head down getting to work. Don't let other people like judge you. And two key qualities to have every day that we wake up with every day. Optimism and gratitude because that's what saved our lives. Yep. Be grateful for what you have and be optimistic that you can do anything that life puts in front of you. And that you're living and healthy. Chills. Optimism and gratitude. Well, I'm super optimistic for your guys' future and I'm super grateful that you guys spent this, uh, I don't even know what we're at right now, 46 minutes with me. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Much love, Until next time, thank you guys for listening to the Thrive On Life podcast. Please reach out and connect with us. We'd love to help. Thrive on.